Stick this in your ear. The number one, the number one internet shock radio network. Shock me, shock me, shock me with that deviant behavior. Renegade, Renegade Talk Radio. tuned in to the American Journal with your host, Chase Geyser. Watch it live right now at band.video. Donald Trump has been saying that he will run for president as a Republican, which is surprising since I just assumed he was running as a joke. Donald Trump, just last week, he confirmed to the National Review that he is again considering a run in 2016. Do it. Do, do it. Look, look at me. Do it. I will personally write you a campaign check now on behalf of this country, which does not want you to be president, but which badly wants you to run. So when you stand and deliver that State of the Union address in no part of your mind or brain, can you imagine Donald Trump? standing up one day and delivering a State of the Union address? Well, I can imagine it uh, in a Saturday night skit. I continue to believe Mr. Trump, Trump will not be president. He will never be president of the United States. And uh, we better be ready for the fact that he might be leading the Republican ticket next. <laughs> I know you don't believe that, but I want to go on. <laughs> Sorry to laugh. Okay, here we are. And which Republican candidate has the best chance of winning the general election? Of the declared ones right now, Donald Trump. And so, right now, Mr. Trump, to answer your call for political honesty, I just want to say, you're not going to be president, all right? It's been fun. It's been great. I love you. God. What? But come on, come on, buddy. All, let's say, cow poo-poo aside, there is zero chance we'll be seeing you being sworn in on the Capitol steps with your hand on a giant golden Bible. I'll make a prediction, though, for you. And I don't really get into predictions much, but this one I'll go way out on a limb. Donald Trump will never, ever be president okay. of the United States. Gotta... That Trump should not be in this race. He's an absurdity. He is a travesty. Donald Trump will never be elected president of the United States. Donald Trump is a here today, gone tomorrow candidate for president of the United States. Donald Trump is not going to be president of the United States. Uh, ever respectful of the fact that the people have not voted, he's not going to be president of the United States. Let's be clear. Donald Trump will lose the election. I mean, he had a really good chance to be different and really have a chance to change things, but he, he doesn't do the work. He's lazy. We talk about him every day and we continuously bash him. He's not going to be the president. Don't worry about it. <laughs> exactly. And we're coming to a point where if you're Hillary Clinton, you're honestly probably starting to think about not just whether you will win, but how big your win will be. And then you say that Donald Trump has the best day in the entire world, completely outperforms expectations, and he wins all of the toss-up states. He wins all five of those states, plus that Electoral College vote in Maine that he's after. If he wins all of the toss-ups, which would be insane because nobody wins all of the toss-up states, even if Donald Trump did win all of the toss-up states, 
he would still lose. Be a wake-up call to the Republican Party. Uh, despite Boris thinking that Donald Trump could win New York, like this, the, the presidential race is over. It is just could I just cut through? I have one thing to say, one thing only, and that is that this race is over. Tomorrow morning, the money will dry up. The Republicans will start to hide. Trump has no place to go. This race, effectively, as of tonight, is no longer a presidential race. I will get, I mean, everything I know about presidential politics, and I've been through five of them. I've never seen one like this. This race is over. You might as well accept it. And the question now is, how do you minimize damage? And the only way you can do that, it seems to me, is to try to grab hold some old conservative value things and do what Mondale did in 84, which is try to save a few people down ballot. But as far as Donald Trump's concerned, it will never, ever, ever happen. President Obama will go down as perhaps the worst president in the history of the United States, exclamation point at real Donald Trump. <laughs> well, at real Donald Trump. You're watching The American Journal with your host, Chase Geyser. Watch live right now at band.video. If I was to say to you, Welcome to the American Journal, folks. I'm your host today, Chase Geyser. in for the great Harrison Smith. This is one of my favorite songs of all time. I think it was the first song that I ever actually knew the lyrics to. I was listening to it on the way over to the studio this morning. And I was thinking of the famous incident where Jim Morrison of The Doors was going to perform with The Doors on The Ed Sullivan Show. And The Ed Sullivan Show had a problem with the lyric girl we couldn't get much higher because they felt that it was a reference to using drugs to get high and of course the ed sullivan show much like our programs here on infowars is a family friendly show but ed sullivan was mistaken because i think that the song is actually about turbo force plus from infowars life girl we couldn't get much higher come on baby light my fire i said yesterday that the Turbo Force Plus lit me up like a Christmas tree, and it really is absolutely amazing. Make sure you guys check out InfoWarsStore.com and take a look at the new, more advanced formula for optimum focus and energy. Now available at 25% off. Good morning. I am excited to be here. There is so much going on. As always, the world is falling apart, yet somehow you InfoWarriors still manage to hold it together. I'm going to talk a little bit about AI today and some of these other sort of flashing stories. I want to play a clip of Elon Musk discussing the history of OpenAI, which, of course, he was involved in its founding years ago and left in, I wouldn't say a scandal, but somewhat of a controversy and he's certainly expressed his differences with OpenAI, which, of course, is the company that was formerly a nonprofit, now is privatized and for-profit, responsible for ChatGPT and the artificial intelligence technology that seems to be flying quickly into the hands of all people everywhere. So let's go ahead and play clip five. Mark my words. AI is far more dangerous than nukes. I try to convince people to slow down slow down AI, to regulate AI, 
this was futile. I tried for years. I'm really quite close to, very close to, to the cutting edge in AI, and it scares the hell out of me. It's capable of vastly more than almost anyone knows, and the rate of improvement is exponential. It feels like we are the biological bootloader for AI, effectively. We are building it, and then we're building progressively greater intelligence, and the percentage of intelligence that is not human is increasing. And eventually, we will represent a very small percentage of intelligence. Freedom consists of the distribution of power and despotism in its concentration. And so I think it's important if we have this incredible power of AI that it not be concentrated in the hands of a few and potentially lead to a world that we don't want. All of us already are cyborgs. Um, so you have a machine extension of yourself in the form of your, your phone and your computer and all your applications. You are already superhuman, but by far you have more, more power, more capability than the President of the United States had you know, 30 years ago. So everyone is already superhuman. We're rapidly headed towards digital superintelligence that far exceeds any human. I think it's very obvious. There's Elon Musk over the years talking about the risks associated with artificial intelligence and the threat that it is when framed as a weapon of mass destruction. And, you know, the fascinating thing about that video, I was putting that together last night preparing for the show today. 90% of that video was made by artificial intelligence. Those scenes were rendered by artificial intelligence responding to prompts that I put in. And it's just amazing what this technology is going to allow us to do. I'm really excited for the new movie Oppenheimer that's coming out with Killian Murphy playing Oppenheimer. And of course, he famously quoted the Bhagavad Gita when he saw the first atomic bomb explode during the Manhattan Project. He said, I am become death, destroyer of worlds. And I don't think that we ever thought there would be a weapon as powerful as nuclear weapons. When the first bombs went off during the testing, when Hiroshima and Nagasaki were attacked, the whole world took a step back and was like, whoa, okay, we better be careful. But here we are. Less than 100 years later, and we have this technology which seems so harmless because it doesn't explode, it doesn't murder, it doesn't take lives. And those among us who spend our time in the, wor- the real world often have a hard time conceiving of how artificial intelligence could have a real world impact since you know, we've been familiarized with things like viruses and Things like that and hacking and phishing techniques and identity theft. These are the threats that we've seen associated with the internet. These are the threats that we've seen associated with the digital world. But really the power of this tool is so astounding because it's not just a matter, folks, of making cool videos and having cool prompts and, and cool text. This is an intelligence that following the commands of anyone can create any code, any program, can accomplish any goal in fractions of the time. 
And in a lot of ways, I think it's going to help the world. And I'm not an advocate of slowing it down or stopping it or fighting against it because I'm a firm believer that technology is going to advance no matter what you do. And it's futile to resist the advancement. But you do have to prepare to adapt. We talked a little bit yesterday about adapting to this new wave. Because imagine what the wrong person or the wrong people could do with technology like this. I actually want to show a clip right now just to pivot and I'll tie it in of Elizabeth Holmes, famous founder of the biomed company, clip four, and then we'll go into the updates about what is going on with her sentencing. Go ahead. People don't even know that they have a basic human right to be able to get access to information about themselves and their own bodies that can change their lives. Every person should have the ability to get that type of test because if you understand that early that you're at risk, there's a lot more that you can do about it. And we'd like to see a world in which every person gets access to this type of basic testing and the types of tests that are done are ones that provide insight into the onset of disease in time to do something about it. I'm not sure if you are familiar with Elizabeth Holmes, but she is an example of the wrong kind of person with the wrong kind of resources and power, famous for starting a company that could allegedly or supposedly do all sorts of blood tests with just the prick of a finger. There was a documentary made about her on HBO called The Inventor, I believe. And basically the machine that she made didn't work at all, and she lied about the results of it. And she got the machine placed in, I think, several like Walgreens. They had a partnership with Walgreens all over the United States. And people were going in to get tested for, for things like syphilis, or hepatitis, or HIV, and they were getting results back for these tests that were giving them false negatives. And the whole time she knew the machine didn't work, the company knew the machines didn't work, and they were covering up because they were trying to get it fixed, and they had billions and millions of dollars in investors. She's famous for being the first self-made female billionaire. At the age of 31, I believe she was worth over a billion dollars. And These are the kinds of people that, given the wrong resources and given the wrong tools to be a major threat it's one thing to lie about the efficacy of a product or a service but it's another thing to lie about the efficacy of a service that is telling people whether or not they're dying of a terminal illness stick with us folks we'll be back after this break with more make sure you visit infowarsstore.com and we will be taking calls in the second hour Hydrofluorosilicic acid is the third most deadly acid on earth. And they've got our children drinking that. This is a psychotic death cult, period, case closed, out to get you and your family. We sell the Alexa Pure Breeze, made by the My Patriot Supply Ready Hour Group. It's been around about 15 years, became the biggest company in the last six. They went out, hired engineers, reverse engineered the fancy best water filter system out there that sells for twice the price, and they made it as good in all the studies. It reduces things to non-detectable levels, thousands of chemicals. But you can go pay two or three times. There's four or five other filters out there that are just as good. We sell the very best, highest-grade water filtration system for half the price of the leading competitor. And the media says we're bad and a cult 
We're telling you you should filter your water. You should also filter your shower water. That's another way you absorb this crap. But but I'm done talking about that. The point is you get the filters at InfoWarsStore.com. They're discounted right now. Finally back in stock. Ladies and gentlemen, this book, The Great Reset and the War for the World, is a historic book that documents the globalists in their own words plan for our future. That is a hellish future. Now, you'll be always, while they still allow books, I guess, they're starting to ban them, be able to get an unsigned copy of The Great Reset and the War for the World at bookstores, Amazon, or InfoWarsStore.com. But you will never be able to get another signed copy of the book after the signed copies we got run out. And there's about a thousand left of them right now. So get your copy of The Great Reset and The War for the World, a signed copy at InfoWarsTore.com. And there is a markup there because this is a fundraiser to keep us on the air. So you won't just have this historic memento and this powerful book. You'll also know that you help keep InfoWars on the air. I want to thank those of you that have gotten signed copies of the book or unsigned copies. But I want to encourage all of you who haven't yet to go to InfoWarsTore.com and get a signed copy and buy a couple of unsigned copies and donate them to the library or give them to the local school. This is an InfoWar. I'm counting on you, and thank you for your support. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back to the American Journal, folks. Damn, it feels good to be a gangster. Speaking of being a gangster, I got a bill from the IRS a couple of weeks ago, $106,000. They think that I owe them $106,000. I don't know what I'm going to do. These people. It's asinine what they can do, the amount of money that they can steal from you and then just give to Nazis. I want to cover a little bit what is going on in the news sort of quietly behind the scenes as far as China is concerned. This new article from unheard.com, what China's rare earth metal ban means for the West. China is threatening an export ban on rare earth metals in response to Washington's recent decision to impose restrictions on exports of high-end semiconductors to Beijing. It's not the first time that China has mooted such a ban with rumors circulating since at least 2019, as well as formal threats in 2021. A couple of things going on here. One of the things that's actually encouraging to me about hearing this report is if China is advocating a ban on rare earth metal exports because the United States is sanctioning against them regarding their supply of semiconductors from Taiwan, that sort of implies to me that they're not actually planning on invading Taiwan soon. Because why would they care at all about their semiconductor supply being cut off from Taiwan if they were about ready to occupy it? So the fact that China is leveraging this sort of demand or need that the United States has for their rare earth metals is actually encouraging to me. It's no surprise, and of course it's a result of the incompetency of the leadership in our government, particularly the executive branch. But I think it's indicative that they're not planning on occupying Taiwan anytime in the next 24 months. If such a ban came into effect, it could, in theory at least, be quite damaging. Rare earth metals are needed to produce the magnets that are used in everything from wind turbines to hard disk drives to electric vehicles. Everything from a smartphone to a Tesla has a substantial need for these elements, 
while U.S. military technology is also dependent on them, with the F-35 fighter jet requiring 417 kilograms of rare earth metals. I remember when Ron Paul was running in 2012, I believe, yep, 2012, and in the debates, they were always trying to corner him, right? They were always trying to say, oh, you're a libertarian, so you think heroin should be legal. And they would always try to just point out that one aspect of libertarianism and just kind of put him in the corner as the heroin guy. And then he would talk about how it was devastating to the national security of the United States that the United States installed the Shah and how those sorts of behaviors of interventionism in the Middle East ultimately catalyzed the attack on 9-11 and the endless wars that we seemed to engage in in the Middle East. And I think things like this story about China being able to leverage its supply of rare earth metals against the United States in response to our policies regarding Taiwan is an example of why the non-interventionist or isolationist criticisms of Ron Paul weren't actually solid criticisms. There was a time in this country, there was a time in the United States when we had our own manufacturing, when we were fairly self-sufficient. After we were attacked at Pearl Harbor in 1941, we quickly ramped up manufacturing like crazy to prepare for the war. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Ford versus Ferrari, but there's a great scene where they're at the Ford headquarters and they're discussing just how much of the planes, the fighter planes that that were used in World War II were manufactured right there at the Ford factories. And I'm not positive about this, but I think that the Ford Mustang, the car is actually named after an airplane that was called the Mustang that was made by Ford, but I could be wrong about that. You World War II buffs would, would be able to correct me or, or fill me in more on that next hour when you call in. But if we didn't establish a situation in which we were so dependent on China, so dependent on foreign entities for all of our supplies, and I'm not just talking about rare earth metals and toothbrushes, even our pharmaceuticals are are totally created overseas and sent over here. If we didn't have this situation, then we wouldn't be vulnerable to things like this. Since we are so intertwined with China, which is the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, since we have allowed ourselves to be so intertwined with them, that means that we have to make decisions and live our lives and have our policies with the CCP in mind. They have a say they have a vote, they have the leverage to really influence the way that we live as Americans. And I think this is really the crux of, of the difference between globalism versus nationalism, versus populism. Should our leaders respond to the wants and needs of their constituents, or should our leaders respond to the wants and needs of the international community. Because now since we're so intertwined with these other nations, our leaders make decisions based on their needs and their wants constantly, every day. Thousands of laws passed every single session. And there seems to be little to no regard at all 
for the wants and needs of the American people, their constituents, those who they are supposed to put first. I think this is why, in effect, I think this is why the America First movement was such a powerful movement. And my hope, as I've said a number of times on this show, is that the America First movement is not dependent on Trump for its lifeblood because one day Trump's going to retire, he's going to be gone, and America is still going to need populism. And don't be fooled, America First is populist. It is populism. It is saying we as America have made the decision to put our people and the needs of our country before the political favors among the globalists in the international community. And frankly, until we become independent, whether it's our resources, our economy, our currency, our manufacturing, whatever we need, until we become independent of other nations, the American people and their interests are always going to be compromised to some extent. This is the fundamental argument against globalism. And I'm a free trade guy. I'm I'm a libertarian, sort of. Definitely a capitalist. Definitely believe in freedom. So I'm all for trade with other nations. But to put ourselves in a position where we're not able to get insulin, for example, or other important pharmaceuticals without the permission of the CCP to agree to export it, seems to me to be an incredible error in terms of our national security and the interests of the American people. Make sure you stick with us. We are going to be going into some more of these great stories in the next segment. Make sure you check out the Turbo Force Plus from InfoWars Life, now 25% off. With more power, more strength, and more energy, you will love the Turbo Force Plus. I used it a couple of days ago. I'm probably going to use some later this morning. It is all the difference in the world for those of us who need the energy to get through the day. Turbo Force is back, sold out for eight months, and it's Turbo Force Plus. We made it even stronger, the strongest long-term energy you're going to find anywhere. Turbo Force is back in stock at InfoWarsStore.com or 888-253-3139. And it's not just wide-spectrum nat- natural herbs that time release over 10 hours. It should be called 10-hour energy. It has a bunch of vitamins and minerals and a bunch of other key things and amino acids that turbocharge everything and are good for your heart, your brain, your liver, you name it. Uh, it, it, it is the super fuel. Rainforce Plus is great. Rainforce Ultra is great. They're two different nootropics. They go good with this. But this is the King Kong. This is the boss. Turbo Force, back in stock, discounted. Infowarsstore.com. More power, more strength, more energy. Infowars.com is tomorrow's news today. You're listening to The American Journal with your host, Chase Geyser. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back to the American Journal, folks. 
We're taking a look around to see which way the wind blows. Crazy, crazy stories coming in. New story from the Washington Post. I'm going to dive into this story a little bit and then talk a little bit about what Glenn Greenwald and Elon Musk had to say about it on Twitter. I think it's absolutely fascinating. Leaker of U.S. secret documents worked on military base, friend says. Subtitle, the Discord leaks the online group that received hundreds of pages of classified material included foreigners, members tell the post. This is an article written by Shane Harris and Samuel Oakford just the other day, late last night. The man behind a massive leak of U.S. government secrets that has exposed spying on allies revealed the grim prospects for Ukraine's war with Russia and ignited diplomatic fires for the White House. Is a young, charismatic gun enthusiast. They always have to put in gun enthusiast, right? Like, oh, this this trader also liked guns. So if you like guns, you're a trader. Therefore, we should take it. They're, they're literally turning an article about leaked documents into a gun reform article. Just with that one little subtle thing. This is just screams propaganda. Anyway, charismatic gun enthusiast who shared highly classified documents with a group of far-flung acquaintances searching for companionship among the isolation of the pandemic. Okay, so <laughs> apparently this guy was a gamer, as I understand it. And they're saying because he was hanging out in a Discord group and playing games with friends that he had never met in person, that this was a behavior that was as a result of the isolation of the pandemic. So there, there are already, just in the first paragraph, an article about these leaked documents frames this guy as someone who is psychologically isolated, suffering from the pandemic, implies mental health issues. Of course, this all in the context of the recent shootings that have been, been going on. And suggests the, the implication here is that this gun enthusiast with mental health issues is, is doing rash things. What, what, what else might he do, right? They're literally likening him to a mass shooter, even though nothing that he did had anything to do with mass shootings. At least not as much to do with mass shootings as the radical funding of Nazis in Ukraine. United by their mutual love of guns, military gear, and God. Okay, now they're attacking him for his religion. The group of roughly two dozen, mostly men and boys, formed an invitation-only clubhouse in 2020 on Discord an online platform popular with gamers. They paid little attention last year when the man, some call OG, damn, it feels good to be a gangster, posted a message laden with strange acronyms and jargon. The words were unfamiliar and few people read the long note. One of the members explained, but he revered OG, the elder leader of their tiny tribe, who claimed to know secrets that the government withheld from ordinary people. Now, this article goes on to basically traduce the good name of this guy. And you know, I'm, I'm certain that what he did was, was against the law. So I don't want to condone breaking the law or leaking documents that could potentially risk the lives of innocent people. But I think that those claims regarding these leaks are in large exaggerated. 
The article goes on to say, what do the leaked documents reveal about Ukraine? The documents reveal profound concerns about the war's trajectory and Kyiv's capacity to wage a successful offensive against Russian forces. According to a defense intelligence agency assessment among the leaked documents, quote, negotiations to end the conflict are unlikely during 2023. Now, there's been disputes as to the accuracy of some of the numbers on the documents. Some claims have been made that the documents were altered after they were leaked. Originally, the leaked documents showed that Ukraine had suffered far more casualties than Russia. And my understanding is that the intelligence community is coming out and saying that those numbers were altered post facto and that, in fact, the Russians have suffered far more casualties than the Ukrainians. And frankly, it's it's hard to know what to believe at this point. We know that our intelligence community has lied about virtually everything regarding any war since 1945, seems to me. So I'm inclined to think, regardless of what the actual numbers of casualties are, that Russia is obviously winning this war. Even if they're sustaining 4-to-1 casualties, 7-to-1 casualties, 10-to-1 casualties, that's what the Russians do. They throw bodies at wars. They win by sheer will. And in societies where the opinions or thoughts or feelings of the people don't matter because the leaders are not accountable to their people, then things like casualties and body counts are much less important. We as Americans, we, we always put things in the context of how things work in America. We had a caller the other day, and I love all the callers, especially the ones that I disagree with, actually, and appreciate how kind everyone is and interesting everyone is. But a caller the other day was talking about you know, how starvation could be a mass problem for China because they depend on the United States for their food supply, right? We produce a ton of food. We produce enough food in the United States to feed the United States and much of the rest of the world via our exports. It's one of the last things that we actually do here, and we do it well. But the, do you think that the CCP or that the Kremlin cares about whether its people starve? I mean, we saw with the Great Leap Forward between 1958 and 1962 that upwards of 100 million people starved to death, and the government didn't even flinch. And despite the fact that everyone in China knows or is related to someone who died during the Great Leap Forward, there's still a cult of personality around the leadership of the time. They still love the leadership and the party of the time. Now, don't get me wrong. I know there's some animosity for communism within China, but they are silent. And the reason they're silent about their animosity is because they know that there's a good chance that their neighbor is part of the cult of personality associated with the communist leaders of their nation. So to say that, oh, Russia must really be feeling the pressure because it's experiencing mass casualties in this conflict is, I think, a misunderstanding of the priorities of the Russian leadership. And I get accused all the time on Twitter of being a a shill for Putin or a Kremlin hack or a Russian propagandist because I'm anti-Ukraine, really anti-Nazi. But I am well aware that it is an unjust system in Russia that these people are, they're killers. There's a famous clip of Trump in an interview being, being asked about Putin. You know, is he a killer? Well, yeah, a lot of killers out there, a lot of killers out there. So there aren't any good guys in this conflict. Unfortunately, we're just sinking our money into it. But the interesting thing about this article is that it shows a motif of how the Washington Post 
is seemingly operating on behalf of the intelligence community. And this is not something that's only true of the Washington Post. We've only got about a minute left in this segment, so I'm going to get more into the details of the point that I'm trying to make in the next segment. But we have several pages here which start off right off the bat here in this Washington Post article, basically setting up whoever this leaker is as a mentally ill right-wing extremist, gun enthusiast, radical, evangelical Christian who is unhinged and leaking documents that harm his country. I mean, this is a hit piece on this guy, which I'm almost certain they haven't actually interacted with. I mean, the fact that the first thing they, they say is that he's a gun enthusiast. What, what the hell does being a gun enthusiast have to do with the fact that he leaked Pentagon documents about the status of the war in Ukraine? So stick with us, folks. We'll be back to go into more about the history of the Washington Post and how it has worked on behalf of the deep state to undermine the integrity of any critics of the crimes of America. Visit InfoWarsStore.com and stick with us. We'll be right back. They decided to not perp walking, not put him in handcuffs, not do a mugshot because they knew that that would help Trump. Didn't they know this would backfire? We were waiting for the mugshot. We learned today they wouldn't have it, so we've made our own. And it says political prisoner with an image of President Trump. The shirt is being printed now in Texas. It'll be shipping out to you in one week. Political prisoner with Trump on the front there in a mugshot jail background. It's a fundraiser shirt. It says Infowars.com on the back of the shirt. We also have Alex Jones for president. No, I'm not running for president. It's a really nice navy blue, high quality shirt, red, white, and blue. Alex Jones for president. 2024, it's a fun conversational piece and a limited edition shirt. Great way to fund the operation. So get your Alex Jones for President and Trump mugshot shirts at InfoWarsStore.com or by calling toll-free 888-253-3139. I'm a humble person, and I want to say that I'm just a man, but I'm not just a man. Just like you, no matter what color you are, whether you're a man or a woman, you were made by the creator of the universe who had a plan for you, who has a destiny for you. That's why the system hates you and fears you. That's why they hate me. It's because the spirit I carry is one of justice and truth and courage and honor and will and love. My friends, the enemy's coming after me, not because I'm a loser, but because I'm a winner. They're coming after you, not because you're a bad person, because you're a good person, because you love God and God loves you. And so I signed up for this. I signed up for this fight. And I'm not a victim. I'm an overcomer. But I can't fight this fight without you. That's why I want you always to remember that I appreciate you and I thank you because InfoWars is your fight. InfoWars is your baby. It's the thing you built. We did this together. So God bless you all. Let's keep fighting. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back to the American Journal, folks. 
Last segment, we were talking a lot about the Washington Post's recent article from last night, where it basically just threw the Pentagon leaker under the bus. And during the break before that segment, I noticed this thread from the great Glenn Greenwald, which Elon Musk responded to. Glenn Greenwald on Twitter writes that the democracy dies in darkness wash post now does the job of the U.S. security state by hunting down its leakers and doing everything to expose their identity. It really says everything about the real function and ideology of these media corporations. The second tweet, Glenn says, recall that the Washington Post did the same thing with Edward Snowden. They gleefully used part of the archive he obtained, published those docs, praised themselves for the Pulitzer they co-won, and then demanded he be imprisoned and never pardoned. Elon Musk replies, replies there at the top, that's messed up. And I've actually got this article here on the desk from September 17th of 2016. And it's an opinion piece by the editorial board. So it's not like somebody just wrote it in. I mean, this is, this is published by the editorial board. It says, no pardon for Edward Snowden. Edward Snowden, the formal excuse me, the former National Security Agency contractor who blew the cover off the federal government's electronic surveillance programs three years ago, has his admirers. After the inevitably celebratory Oliver Stone film about him appears this weekend, he may have more. Whether Mr. Stone deserves a presidential pardon, as human rights organizations are demanding in a new national campaign timed to coincide with the film, is a complicated question. However... To which President Obama's answer should continue to be no. I remember when the Edward Snowden story broke. And the most amazing thing about it is that it seems like virtually nothing was done. I know that a lot of the Patriot Act has since expired. Much of it has not been renewed. I have no doubt that the government is still doing all of the same things that it has been doing in terms of spying on the American people, but it's no longer necessarily authorized in all the same facets that it was by the the Patriot Act. But it's becoming more and more obvious that it doesn't really matter what's legal. I was thinking about this the other day. We had a caller call in and say that we need to get back to the Constitution, that sort of thing. And it reminded me of an episode in season one of Game of Thrones when Eddard Stark limps up to the throne and presents Joffrey and his mother with a signed document from the formerly living king stating that he was to operate the kingdom and be sort of the stand-in king until Joffrey came of age. And famously, the king's mother, the little boy's mother, takes the piece of paper, reads it, tears it in half, and says, this is what you came to me with, a piece of paper. And that's just what the Constitution is to our government. The leftists in power, whether they're in Congress, whether they're in the Senate, whether they're in the White House, or whether they're bureaucrats within the intelligence community or the deep state, the Constitution means nothing to them. To them, it is just a piece of paper. 
So if we want the rule of law and if we want our rights to be protected by our government, we're going to have to come to the table with more than just a piece of paper. Otherwise, we may wind up in the same position as Eddard Stark in Game of Thrones, on our knees, frantically looking at the mob, waiting for our head to be cut off. And the fascinating thing about this to me is the whole purpose of freedom of the press and the First Amendment is so that the press, so that journalists, the media, can print criticisms or print the truth about our leaders without fear of recourse from our leaders. These laws, these rights were established and protected at such a time when Speaking out against the king or writing against the king or publishing the truth about a scandal regarding the wrong person could result in the imprisonment or the tarring and feathering of someone. And so our founders had the wisdom to say, look, we need to protect the press from the leadership because they play an important role in holding governments accountable for their actions, for their corruption. And never in their wildest dreams did the founders think that the press could then be weaponized against the people. And I think this, this has come as an outcome of World War II when we really established the infrastructure as a nation to create propaganda. It wasn't the Nazis only that created propaganda. I mean, everyone's seen a picture of Rosie the Riveter. And we know that the military-industrial complex cut, kept humming along and growing after World War II throughout Vietnam throughout the Cold War, and it's not as if these institutions just sort of retired when the war was won. They expanded. In large, I think they caused the the Cold War. We know that with things like the Red Scare, there was all sorts of infiltration in news organizations and entertainment organizations seeking out communists. At first, I think the intelligence community really was trying to root out communism. Now, of course, I think it is sort of communist, at least fascist. Opposites yet intimately similar. And we're in a place where we know that the social media outlets have been infiltrated. These companies, these social media platforms are only 10, 15 years old, really 10 years old if you if you count the time that they went public. So if the intelligence community was able to infiltrate Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, in such short order and so deeply and so swiftly, you think that they don't have operatives in the Washington Post or at the New York Times or at the Wall Street Journal? So when I see articles like this, basically propaganda pieces against this most recent Pentagon leaker and hit pieces on Edward Snowden saying that he should not be pardoned, it, it's as if it's written by the state. There's no such thing as a private press anymore. It's a private political press. It's technically a private business, but it's been so infiltrated and manipulated and warped by the intelligence community. And I don't really know how they even did it. I I, I guess it was, hey, we'll give you information first if you spin it this way, that sort of thing. Maybe they just sort of leveraged and, and wheeled and dealed like something from House of Cards in order to get the stories that they want. But If you look at the consistencies in the language that's used across all of these seemingly disconnected platforms, whether it's newspapers, whether it's news media outlets on television or the radio, 
then it becomes very clear that there's really sort of one puppet master pulling all these different strings and that these outlets are really just working for the government. Before we go to the break in two minutes, I do want to play one more clip that pertains to this. I want to play clip number one of Musk on public on publicly funded news outlets. I know the BBC, for example, is not thrilled about being labeled uh, state-affiliated media. Uh, yeah, yeah. So we're, we're, I mean, our goal is simply to uh, have, um, do, you know, uh, to be as uh, truthful and accurate as possible. So I think we're, we're, we're uh, adjusting the label to be publicly funded, which I think is perhaps uh, not too objectionable. We're trying to be accurate. I'm not the BBC, but, <laughs> <laughs> but pub- publicly funded is how the BBC describes. It's, okay, okay, it's, so that would be accurate. Itself. That's uh, if we use the same words that the BBC uses to describe itself, right. that presumably would be okay. I'm not asking you for a yes or no, since you're not running the BBC per se. You're, but it's probably it seems to pass a, a reasonable reasonability so test. So you're going to change those labels on the BBC. Twitter feed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Publicly funded. So all of this in the context of what we've seen with the Washington Post with these two articles, right? The one that came out last night, the one that came out in September of 2016. Basically the same article using the same methods attacking two people for doing the same thing, which is revealing the truth and the lies that our intelligence community and government is telling us. In the context of that, we see that Elon Musk on Twitter is now accurately labeling news outlets as government-affiliated media if they're publicly funded. He did it with NPR last week. He did it with PBS yesterday, who hasn't tweeted since it's happened. So we'll get more into this in the next segment. Make sure you call in 877-789-2539. I will be taking calls in the next hour. And visit InfoWarsStore.com and get yourself something good. Turbo Force is back, sold out for eight months, and it's Turbo Force Plus. We made it even stronger, the strongest long-term energy you're going to find anywhere. Turbo Force is back in stock at InfoWarsStore.com or 888-253-3139. It's not just wide-spectrum natural herbs that time release over 10 hours. should be called 10-hour energy. It has a bunch of vitamins and minerals and a bunch of other key things and amino acids that turbocharge everything and are good for your heart, your brain, your liver, you name it. Uh, it, it, it is the super fuel. Brainforce Plus is great. Brainforce Ultra is great. They're two different nootropics. They go good with this. But this is the King Kong. This is the boss. TurboForce, back in stock, discounted. InfoWarsStore.com. More power, more strength, more energy. You're tuned in to the American Journal with your host, Chase Geyser. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back to the American Journal, folks. We will be taking calls this hour, so make sure you call in and get in line, 877-789-2539. I want to know what you think about these Pentagon leaks. I want to know what you think about Elon Musk in general. I know he's sort of a controversial figure, what you think about artificial intelligence and more. In the last segment, we were talking a lot about 
how the state has infiltrated all of the major media outlets and the social media platforms and how it's becoming more and more obvious that in large these platforms publish their content and push the narrative on behalf of the state. Some of this content is so brazenly propaganda that it seems as if it was written directly by the state and simply reworded by the journalists who publish it. We know the Washington Post came out against Snowden in 2016. It's coming out against this Pentagon leaker now. And we showed a clip of Elon Musk basically talking with the BBC and sharing how these publicly funded media outlets are no longer going to get away with portraying themselves on Twitter as unbiased media platforms. I want to show clip number three of Musk destroying the BBC misinformation criticism. Go ahead and play clip three, and then we'll touch base. You've changed the COVID misinformation. Has BBC changed its COVID misinformation? The BBC does not set the rules on Twitter, so I'm asking you. No, I'm talking about the BBC's misinformation about COVID. I'm, I'm, I'm literally Has, asking you about, you changed the labels, the COVID misinformation labels. There used to be a policy, and then it then disappeared. Why do that? Well, COVID is no longer an issue. Does the BBC hold itself at all responsible for misinformation regarding masking and side effects of vaccinations? And not reporting on that at all? And what about the fact that the BBC was put under pressure by the British government? to change the editorial policy. Are you aware of that? This is, a, this is not an interview about the BBC. Oh, so. you thought it wasn't? I'm a huge fan of Steve Bannon. I think he's absolutely right about the importance of populism and many of the other major themes and points that he makes. The one thing I get hung up on with Steve is his criticism of Elon Musk. And it's quite possible that Steve Bannon knows much more about this issue than I do. And I I would love to have the opportunity to speak with him about it. I did have him on my podcast once and hopefully if I interact with him again, we can really dive into this, but he's very critical of Elon Musk seemingly because I I think he believes that Elon Musk is sort of wrapped up with the CCP, but everything I see from Musk himself actions and words resonates with me as good and right. I mean, we spent the first hour talking about AI and I showed you a clip of Elon Musk for years talking about the dangers of AI. And if you actually look into the background and maybe we can get into it in the third hour of how Elon Musk was involved with open AI and why he left and his concerns about it, you might warm up to him and He purchases Twitter and basically uncensors almost everyone except Alex Jones, which was shameful that he didn't uncensor Alex Jones. But 99% of the people who were deplatformed got their accounts back. Now he's accurately going out and labeling entities like the PBS or NPR as U.S. government affiliated media. And everyone on the left absolutely hates him, which is Basically, the number one sign that you're a good dude. I mean, it's the main reason I'm voting for Donald Trump is because of the people who hate him. And so I think that we're in a position here where this guy is actually legit. I want to hear what you think. 
Call 877-789-2539. After this break, I'm going to be taking calls. We've got a few in line here. I want to see more. I want to see these phones blow up. 877-789-2539. Let me know what you think about all this that we've been covering this morning. Make sure you visit InfoWarsStore.com. Watching the American Journal with your host, Chase Geyser. Watch live right now at band.video. Welcome back to the American Journal, folks. Make sure you call in 877-789-2539. We'll be taking calls the rest of the hour, maybe even into the third hour. First, I want to hear from Clayton in Kansas. Clayton, how are you today, sir? Okay. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I want to talk to you about this Washington Post piece. Yeah, and give it a uh, give it a bit of a uh, an analysis here. I've lived in this world. I've dealt with top secret documents. Uh, I used to work for the Navy, and I've walked onto warships and submarines thousands of times. Thank you for your service. Uh, but I'm retired now. I was a civilian for most of it, and uh, so I'm looking at this piece. So I'd like to figure out who is this that leaked these documents. Uh, as I'm reading down the this article here, mid-20s, gamer, has access to the same documents that the uh, Joint Chiefs have access to. They're saying there's only a few thousand people that have the kind mm-hmm. of, the kind of doc, the, uh, uh, clearances to see this kind of thing. I think that number is even smaller, personally, mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. having lived uh, you know, in that world. And so, you know, but this kid posted out 300 documents. This is a huge breach, and this is why uh, the uh, Department of Defense, Pentagon, all of them are, are freaking out because of the extent of uh, how high these documents are. Because, you know, you've got TSSCI, you've got no foreign involved, and I've dealt with all of those things. I've transported no foreign across the country with uh, U.S. Marshals, watching my back as I did. Oh, my God, it was you. It was you, wasn't it, Clayton? No, it was not me. (laughs) I'm just messing with you. (laughs) No, no, I'm retired, number one. I I can't even go on Discord. I'm familiar with that platform. Uh, I'm a gamer as well, but uh, I'm just reading through this going, wow, you know, I can see so many connections. So I want to find out who this is. Yeah, so why why is it that you want to know who it is? I'm curious, too, but I'm curious why I'm curious. Because I well, because I see connections between this and what's going on with say, the uh, Biden administration uh, and those documents found in there, and the Trump administration and the documents that he took. Right. Interesting. If you had to guess who it was or what kind of person this is, who would you say? Military officer, young, um, probably a captain or less, mm-hmm. uh, or could possibly be a member of. Uh, say a CIA, you know, a uh, intelligence or a CIA uh, agency. Why do you think he made the decision to leak the information? Showing off. You think it's just that's all it is? It's just like flashy. Really, I think that is at least that is a major uh, factor in it. Yeah. Uh, but as I'm reading through it, you know, they try to make it this guy out to be a uh, conservative gun nut. Talking yeah. God and all this other stuff, and, and yeah, there is possibility that they talked about all of those subjects, but it doesn't make them conservative gun nuts. 
Right. And that's why I want to find out more about this person, because, you know, who are they? It's the Washington Post that's making them out to be this, but I want to see who this person is. It's going to come out. Those documents, I know enough about them that they're going to trace it back. It's already came out. They can trace it right back to the printer. Yeah, no, I'm they sure they know who it right is. Back to who sent the order to the printer. Right. Well, one of the things that's interesting about this leak versus the Snowden stuff is, you know, I think you might be right. I think you might be onto something. I think your gut is pretty smart uh, regarding the, the motive here. Like maybe he was just showing off to his friends. But the Snowden thing was really sort of um, like an altruistic self-sacrifice sort of, you know, take the bullet move, right? He's had to seek asylum in Russia. He had to leave his country. And he really seemed to have done what he did because he was in fear for what these behaviors meant for his country. But with these leaks, it's it seems like it seems like there's a different motive. Do you think that do you think that's a, a real difference there? Yes. I think, yeah. like you said, I think this was more accidental intentional than intentional. With mm. Snowden, he got those, threw them up on WikiLeaks, and then bailed the country when the heat was on. Right. And with this, we're going to find out this kid might have already bailed the country. Probably wouldn't yeah, be a bad this idea. It's all, over the, it's all over the news. So there's a good chance that whoever it is uh, is not in the country anymore. Well, thank you so much for your call, Clayton. I really do appreciate it. I want to hear next from Tin Man in Texas. Tin Man, what's going on? What's up, Chase? Hey, man, how are you? Good, good. <clears throat> I was just calling because uh, you know I'm talking about you, you were talking about this this Washington Post yeah. article, and uh, you know this it's pure propaganda. We've been getting blasted with this since the beginning of the war. Um, you know, I got to call out my my shooter, my my getter people. Uh, yeah, I've been kicked out of the chat so many times. I changed my name to Putin in there. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, you know, it's, it's pure propaganda. It, it, there's no way Ukraine is winning. They have to beg the world to get anything, you know. All their, all their military is coming from around the world. All Russia has to, they don't even have to use a plane to get, to get a tank to the front line. They don't need anything. They can just walk it right there. They have like a 24-hour rotation, you know. There's, there's no way Ukraine's winning. So I, I don't believe this, this uh, you know, it's, it's, it's pure propaganda, anything you hear from the mainstream media. Uh, yeah. that's, that's why, I yeah. mean, it's why it's good to have shows like InfoWars, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for your support uh, and for calling in to talk about it. I'm curious to know what you think about um, the reporting on the whole Russian offensive altogether. If you remember in the beginning of the war, the media basically said that Russia thought it was going to be way easier than it ended up being and they blew it and it's not going well for them. They're still winning, but you know, they're really accruing a lot of casualties. I'm sort of of the opinion and I don't know, this is just sort of my intuition that, that Russia actually wanted this war to extend over some time because Putin knew that the longer the war went on, the more pressure it would apply to NATO in terms of, the resources that it would demand of NATO to help Ukraine and the pain that Europe would go through over the winter without having access to some of the fossil fuel energy exports from Russia, things like that. A lot of these deals that we're seeing with like, you know, breaking off of the dollar and these, 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 these countries partnering up, buddying up with, with China and Russia, these deals have manifest recently. And if the war had been over too soon, then those, those negotiations never would have taken place. What do you think? Absolutely. Look what's going on in Germany right now. They can't even meet their NATO numbers that they're, you know, for equipment and stuff that they, you know, they're supposed to have on hand. 
it's it's you're exactly right um you know, it's it's uh it's also this weaken weaken the West for you know Ru- uh, Russia and China you know to take over the BRICS nations. The dollar is falling, and there's no there's no doubt about it in my mind. It's it's over. You know, by, when Biden killed the petrodollar, that was the end of the, the dollar. The world doesn't need it anymore for uh you know energy. And energy is so important. It's it's an attack. You know, with Biden, I don't. It's it's there's so many things going on. It's 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 ridiculous. But I, I I do agree with you a hundred percent on that. You know, the, mm-hmm. like you know Germany as a, as an example. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your call, man. Great thoughts, great feedback. I want to hear next from Toby in Virginia. We've only got about a minute and a half left, but I'm very intrigued to hear the story about your Putin shirt. Are you there? Looks like we're having a hard time getting connected. Not sure if he can hear me or not. So we'll go ahead and skip ahead to. Actually, you know what? We've only got a minute left, so I'm not going to take a call yet because I want to make sure that every caller has a chance to really share their opinion and speak their mind. So what I'm going to do now is talk a little bit about Turbo Force Plus from InfoWars Life, and we'll take more calls at the end of the next break. More power, more strength, more energy. When it comes to regaining energy, convenience is key. Sure, coffee, candy, and other highly sugar-filled products can give us a short boost, but the crash is always the strongest downside. And that's why our team of scientists worked with the InfoWars crew to create a powerhouse mixable energy formula. With the addition of Alpha GPC to our original TurboForce, we are taking TurboForce Plus to the next level. This advanced formula can help support increased focus and energy. With a sustained energy blend that contains amino acids for sustained energy metabolism and an herbal energy blend with very high levels of polyphenols and xanthine alkaloids for peak energy, Turbo Force Plus is a force to be reckoned with. Make sure you check it out on InfoWarsStore.com. Get some for you and your family and your loved ones. Buy some for Mother's Day. Get your mom amped. InfoWarsStore.com. Stick with us. More calls next segment. I talk a lot about the great successes InfoWars has had. I don't think anybody can deny it. And it is because of listeners and viewers supporting us. But when we talk about the crew at InfoWars, people behind the scenes, the researchers, the writers, they really have been the MVPs in this fight. And when we look at Harrison Smith and Owen Schroyer and the hard work they engage in every day, five, six, seven days a week, it's really just incredible. So for myself and the whole InfoWars crew, I thank you for your past support. I only encourage you now to realize that InfoWars cannot stay on air if you do not support us. I know you spread the word. I know you pray for us. and That's wonderful. Keep doing it. But most viewers and listeners never go to InfoWarsStore.com and you never buy great products that enrich and empower your life while at the same time keep us on air. I know that less than 1% of our listeners actually go buy products at InfoWarsStore.com. If just 1% more of you took action and went to InfoWarsStore.com, our funding problems will be over. Please take action now. The eugenicists over 100 years ago were very public about their plans. They financed major universities. They ran full-page stories and advertisements pushing their propaganda in the New York Times, other major newspapers, that the family as we know it is a bad thing and must be ended. And the first step in that is getting women out of the household and teaching women that cooking dinner and taking care of your sons and daughters and husbands is a bad thing. And I was just sitting here tonight making dinner for my daughter, my four and a half year old daughter. My wife makes dinner a lot of times, but I like to make it as well. I love to make breakfast. And literally, it's the funnest thing on earth to make food for your family and be nurturative and then all sit down together and have that communal event. 
And that's what the system is attacking and bombarding, is our normal biological actions are coming together. They really are sick, evil, scientific cult of filth that want to domesticate us and turn us into lab rats. We cannot let this continue. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back to The American Journal, folks. We are taking calls and breaking balls. We'll be taking more calls this segment. But the crew's taking a nap, so I'm supposed to wait a few seconds before demanding a call right off the bat. Are you guys ready to put Toby on? Are you ready? All right, Toby. Let's do this. What's up, man? Can you hear me? Yeah, you sound great. How are you? Uh, I'm good, man. Uh, X3 just Y'all already know. But, uh, look, I got a bunch of InfoWars gear I usually wear. Mm-hmm. But since everything started, I've, I've like, trust me, I've went balls to the walls with it if I can say, surely I can say that. Yep. My my whole back window of my car, it's a giant picture of Putin. And it says, who's your Vladdy? And, you know, I've got some Russian InfoWars stickers, uh, Hillary Clinton, Epstein's last known uh, visitor, things like that on the back of my car, a Russian flag on it. Yep. The other day, I wore his Russian shirt out with Putin on it. And this couple walks by me. And you, you can basically look and tell, because I'm in a pretty conservative area. You can look at him and tell they're conservative. You know, he's probably married just to his wife. She's pregnant. He walks by, and you can tell it almost kills him. He looks at me and says, why you got a Putin shirt on? I turned back to him and said, well, let me ask you, man. Why do you not like Putin? And he sat there, and he thought for a minute. And then he said, well, it's a communist government. I said, no, it's not, man. I said, you sit here, if you don't trust the media, you're still believing the media. And then I said, well, are y'all Christians? And this is what was crazy about it, though. As soon as I said that, his wife took over, went to push him away. She says, of course we are, honey. And I was trying to ask him, well, don't you think it's funny that our country is now trying to go to war with probably the biggest Christian Orthodox nation in the world, the only one not controlled by George Soros and the WEF? And, you know, there's still, to me, there's still I, I'm I'm dead in the middle. I'm just common sense. I'm info warrior through and through, just on what's what's the truth. But people have been programmed so long that they can't even realize that they learned about the fall of the USSR in 1991. And then if you want to shame and say that Russia's a communist government now, then what are we? Because our vote don't count no more, and we all know that. Yeah. Well, kudos to you for sporting Putin propaganda on your truck, man. That takes some courage I, I, to do look, that. I, look, pull, pull it up. I, look, as a matter of fact, I'll ask this, and I'll let the next caller can pull this up. G-R-E-Y, Wolf, uh-huh. U571 at Twitter. Gray Wolf at U571 at Twitter, but with an E in the gray. Pull it up. You can go down. You can find my car, my house. I'm right on the main road. I got Russian flags, Info Warriors flags, everything outside. But I want to know, because I'm on today's 150th day of being Russian, and I'm really hoping on 365th day of being Russian that I, too, may get put on Russian vodka bottle. <laughs> so that's my, my, my end goal with that. So y'all have a good day in peace. God bless y'all. Bilbo, Clown Car, stay safe. Thank you so much for your call. I really do appreciate it. You know, it is funny to think about. I'm no fan of, of, of Putin or, or Russia, generally speaking. I'm not you know, antagonistic toward him either, but I know that he's committed his fair share of crimes against his people and things like that. But 
it's funny that the Russians are really the only ones who've been consistently fighting the Nazis since World War II. Now, you know, we did Operation Paperclip where we took all the best ones and put them in our government. And now we're funding them with hundreds of billions of dollars. So who's the good guy here, right? I want to hear from Jay in FEMA Region 5. Jay, how are you, sir? Can you hear me okay? You sound great. Hi, man. Well, hey, I wanted to talk about taxes today and uh, potentially how we can get some of our tax money back. Now, I'll, I'll preface this by saying I am no legal expert, but real quick, if you go and you read, the only two laws that really are on the books are Article 1, Section 8, Clause 1, where the Congress shall have the power to lay and collect taxes, duties, imposed, excise, and paid debt, and provide for the common defense and general welfare of the United States. And then we all know about the 16th Amendment, so I won't read that off. But what I'm getting at here, and it really takes a legal expert to uh, verify this for me, is, is so we pay taxes for a reason. And that reason is to pay off our debt and provide for the common defense and general welfare of the United States. Well, it seems to me that the federal government has not actually lived up to their end of the bargain on that. <clears throat> that being the case, as with anything else in a capitalistic society that we live in, you should be able to get your money back when you pay for a service and the service is not fulfilled. So my whole thing there is, because is, I've never seen anybody go at it from this angle, is why are we paying them then? Yeah, sure, we can sit here and we can say, well, we're not going to pay taxes anymore. But since they're not living up to their end of the deal, who's to say that we can't go after them for what they've taken from us for not providing the service that they are supposed to provide? I'm so glad that you called. <laughs> because constantly on this show, on the Internet, everywhere that I am, this is, this is the question. The question is, all right, we know that everything's falling apart. We know that the globalists are trying to take over. We know that the government's totally corrupt. But what are we supposed to do about it? And no one's ever satisfied with the answer because the answers are always really hard or less than exciting. The answers are usually things like make phone calls on behalf of a candidate you believe in, run for office, and stop paying taxes. You know, because if you look at every major social change that we've had in this country, where it's actually been effective, with the exception of the Civil War, it's been through civil disobedience, right? Like, if you look at the Civil Rights Movement, they did sit-ins until the politicians were confronted with the error of their ways and finally had to, you know, place bets or, or, or show their cards as to whether or not they believed in civil rights. They, 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 through civil disobedience, they pushed our leaders to have to face the dragon that was the problem that they were putting off. And frankly, I think you hit the nail on the head. Nothing's going to change unless millions of Americans refuse to pay their income tax. That's probably the next civil disobedience. And then the challenge with that is that if just a handful of people do it, then you just wind up getting locked up or liens on your house. But if imagine if 3 million small business owners, I don't even know how many small business owners there are in the United States. I know there's more than 3 million, but imagine if 3 million small business owners all got together and just agreed, we're not going to pay income tax until the war in Ukraine is over. Bet you that war would be over pretty quick, don't you think? Oh, sure. That's exactly what I'm getting at, man, because that's the whole thing. 
you know, here we are on the brink of nuclear war, and people can say that's, you know, hyperbole, but they're wrong. Um, and we're paying taxes for our government pushing us into a nuclear war situation. So, I mean, I've, I've tried emailing you guys through the show tips multiple times on this. They go and they search through the show tips and find, search for what I call hashtag defund the Fed. Um, I, I've tried covering it before, but I mean, that's, that's really what it boils down to. We're paying these people, and Alex has said this multiple times, but we're literally paying these people to take us over. We are paying for our own demise. Yeah, it has to be something to go against that. And like you say, I mean, yeah, sure. If, you know, 3 million people don't pay their taxes, you've you got to hit them where they hit you. Yep. And that's why, and that's why I said, you know, essentially, could you, could you essentially do a lawsuit? Like a mass action lawsuit where a mass amount of the American people say, you are not living up to the end of this bargain. You are literally putting us on door, on the doorstep of destruction. Yeah. Therefore, we want our Thank you back. for your call, Jay. I do appreciate it. We'll be taking more calls in the next segment. Make sure you call in 877-789-2539. They decided to not perp walking, not put him in handcuffs, not do a mugshot because they knew that that would help Trump. Didn't they know this would backfire? We were waiting for the mugshot. We learned today they wouldn't have it, so we've made our own. And it says political prisoner with an image of President Trump. The shirt is being printed now in Texas. It'll be shipping out to you in one week. Political prisoner with Trump on the front there in a mugshot jail background. It's a fundraiser shirt. It says Infowars.com on the back of the shirt. We also have Alex Jones for president. No, I'm not running for president. It's a really nice navy blue, high quality shirt. Red, white, and blue. Alex Jones for president. 2024, it's a fun conversational piece and a limited edition shirt. Great way to fund the operation. So get your Alex Jones for President and Trump mugshot shirts at InfoWarsStore.com or by calling toll-free 888-253-3139. InfoWars.com is tomorrow's news today. watching the american journal with your host chase geyser watch live right now at band.video welcome back to the american journal folks we're going to be taking more calls the rest of the hour and probably some into the third hour too because i'm really having fun hearing from you guys a lot of great calls today this might be one of my favorite all-time days of call-ins just great feedback so make sure you call in 877-789-2539. At the end of the last segment, we had a great call in, and we were talking about what needs to be done in order to actually have an impact on what our government is doing, right? And we talked about taxes a little bit. And I've been on the show as a host a number of times and, of course, as a guest of Harrison's, the great Harrison Smith. And I've talked about this a little bit, but I want to show you this clip of a conversation that I had with Steve Bannon on my podcast some months ago, clip seven, about what you can do to make a difference. I, Chase Geyser, actually feel like 
I can make an impact and, and change You're making this. an impact right now. Everybody can get engaged. Everybody can get involved. And and, and people say, they go, oh, if, you know, if, if I was in the revolution, I'd be at Saratoga and I would be at Valley Forge or if it was a civil war, I'd be right there at the wall at Gettysburg or World War II. I'd be storming the beaches of Normandy. Well, hold it. You can be that. Look at you. You start a show with absolutely nothing and you have thousands and thousands of listeners and you have force multipliers that send your content out. The reason I saw or even know who you are is that I was somebody in my feed started sending me clips of your show and I said, This is an interesting guy. So everybody can do that. You not just have a podcast, you can get engaged, you can become a school or taking over school boards, we're taking over canvassing boards, we're taking over election boards, uh, we're taking over medical boards now. People are running that never even thought about it for town councils and county commissioners and state be state representatives. Now is the age of engagement. We're building an army of the awakened. Now is the age of engagement. We are building an army of the awakened. So I encourage you all who are listening to actually make use of the download function on band.video of the different shows. If there's a particular show, whether it's Harrison's show, the American Journal, or Owen's show, or the Alex Jones show, there's a particular show where there's a moment that excites you. Download the episode and cut it really quick into a 30-second clip and post it on your socials. They can ban Alex Jones and they can ban InfoWars, but they can't ban you for simply posting a clip of a part of the show that inspires you. This is how you can be part of the Army of the Awakened. This is how you can be a small contribution to both InfoWars and the country. So I'm going to take more calls the rest of this segment, 877-789-2539. I want to hear from, let's see here, Alex in Florida on the evolution of Elon Musk. Alex, how are you? I'm doing all right. How are you, sir? I'm good, man. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, thanks for having me. So when it comes to Elon, I saw his BBC interview, and honestly, I loved it. Because like you said, you know, words and actions do speak louder when they're in the right direction. And I feel like in the beginning, it was very easy to point fingers at him and say he's a bad guy. But as of late, ever since Twitter, ever since his uh, outcries of AI, I think, you know, in the beginning, he just he was rich. He became one of the richest people in the world, and he wanted to progress something that he thought was going to be the future, something he thought was going to be great and a benefit. But as we've progressed into it, I think he now realizes, oh, this is actually detrimental. Oh, this actually can hurt everybody. And I feel like him having, you know, Twitter under his control again, despite the fact that he won't bring back Alex Jones. I don't know why. Other than probably he knows it's career suicide. You know, the moment he affiliates himself in any form or fashion, even if he does like a reactivation of his account, let alone an interview with Alex Jones, that gives the entire world, all the globalists, all of our enemies, all the ammunition they need to go after him. And, you know, just, destroy him or try to but i feel like him being a father and him realizing you know what it really is and how close we are to losing everything and losing our country i mean he did call in for the world government summit and he did you know tell them hey i think we need less world government i think we need more individualism i think that we need to preserve our culture and our history and our lineage so when you look at everything yeah he's done some good he's done some bad but only time will tell and i want to believe elon musk was a good guy and that's just my take on Elon Musk. Uh, what do you think about it? Yeah, great call and great feedback. And, and thank you so much for that. Uh, 
I totally agree with you. And I struggle, other than the fact that he won't bring Alex Jones back to Twitter, I struggle to think of instances in which Elon Musk has said or done something that I found appalling. I don't agree with every, everything he says or does, but nothing nothing he's said or done has seemed intentionally malicious, right? Um, and one of the things that really turned me on to Elon Musk is at the beginning of the pandemic, when he was on the Joe Rogan podcast, they were talking about the pandemic, as everyone was at the time. And he mentioned that Tesla had something like 7,000 employees in China, and he's like, none of them have died of COVID. There's been no reported deaths. And so at a time when the entire media was just adamantly pushing this pandemic narrative, the dangers of COVID, how everything needs to be locked down, shut down, Musk was like, actually, it doesn't seem to be the case. And so I, I, I am reluctant to to agree that the reason he won't bring Alex back is, is because he's uh, afraid of blowback in terms of public image. I think that he actually won't bring him back because of what he said. I think his explanation is probably true. I just don't agree with it, right? He's, he said that he didn't want to bring Alex back because he you know, doesn't like anything that I don't know, exploits children or something like that. That was the accusation. And I won't get into any more detail on that, but I think he's absolutely wrong about his, his, his understanding of, of Alex. Uh, but I, I think that is actually what he's thinking. Uh, what do you think? I can see it, but then that almost makes him hypocritical because of this sure. whole point of having Twitter and having the freedom of speech platform. And unless he can prove without a shadow of a doubt that that's what happened, which you can't because there is no proof, then he should absolutely bring them back, even if he doesn't agree with it, because that's his whole premise. And I think the last point I have on Elon Musk and why I think sometimes it's a good thing that he does speak his mind is, is that right there. He does speak his mind. He tells people what's on his mind. He has his own opinions, and it reminds everybody that we are individuals in this collective game we call, you know, life. So... I, that's one thing I think is a pro when it comes to him. But he needs to get over his hypocrisy and he needs to just bring him back and at least give him a chance. And then moving forward, if Alex Jones violates the terms and agreements or violates anything that he deems you know, unworthy yeah. of Twitter, then delete him. But I, I, time will tell all. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Thank you so much for your, your call. I, I, and I think that, that that is an example of Elon Musk being a hypocrite. But I don't. one of the things that's really important to me is First of all, never to expect anyone to be perfect all the time. That's a mistake we make with all of our idols, I think. They, they say never meet your hero, right, for that, for that reason. Um, so I think that's, that's something to, to consider. And the other thing that I, I really fundamentally believe is a person is better than the worst thing about them. So whatever the worst thing I've done is, whatever the worst thing you've done is, whatever the worst thing Trump has done or whatever the worst thing even Joe Biden has done, a person is better than the worst. The average of who they are, of the, of their characterization, of their character rather, is 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 greater than the lowest caliber act or, or or thing that they've done. So this would be an example of something that Elon is doing that I feel is beneath him, not bringing Alex back. But I do believe that he's better than that, and I, I think for the vast majority of the time, Elon is outstanding and uh, really a, an American hero, despite the fact that he wasn't even born in the United States. So we'll be taking more calls in the next segment. Before we got cut to break, I do want to mention the, um, the Turbo Force Plus again. I'm about ready to pour some in my water here. I'm really looking forward to it, actually. It's awesome. More power, more strength, more energy. 
I mentioned a couple of days ago that it lit me up like a Christmas tree. And I think I'm going to try to make it Christmas every day from now on, now that I've had a taste of Turbo Force Plus. So make sure you go to InfoWarsStore.com. Check out Turbo Force Plus. It's now available at 25% off. It's the new and improved version of the famous Turbo Force. And I really do think you're going to love it. Stay tuned, folks. I have been in a 28-year marathon battle with a globalist. I have come from nowhere to the very heights of politics, not just in America, but in the world. We are engaging the globalists at point blank range in the information war. But I don't deserve the credit. Yes, I've persevered, but the listeners and viewers who support InfoWars are the real reason we've had the success. We're having now the greatest victories in the fight against the new order we've ever had. We are now entering the final mile of the marathon. And that's why today it's more important than ever to realize how important you've been in this fight and to continue in the efforts you've been carrying out and to intensify them. God bless you all. I salute you. I thank you. And I beg you to intensify what you're doing now because we are over the target and history is happening. The fight is my fight. It's your fight. It's our fight. God bless you all. They decided to not perp walking, not put him in handcuffs, not do a mugshot because they knew that that would help Trump. Didn't they know this would backfire? We were waiting for the mugshot. We learned today they wouldn't have it, so we've made our own. And it says political prisoner with an image of President Trump. The shirt is being printed now in Texas. It'll be shipping out to you in one week. Political prisoner with Trump on the front there in a mugshot jail background. It's a fundraiser shirt. It says Infowars.com on the back of the shirt. We also have Alex Jones for president. No, I'm not running for president. It's a really nice navy blue, high quality shirt. Red, white, and blue. Alex Jones for president. 2024, it's a fun conversational piece and a limited edition shirt. Great way to fund the operation. So get your Alex Jones for President and Trump mugshot shirts at InfoWarsStore.com or by calling toll-free 888-253-3139. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back to the American Journal, folks. Always an honor and a pleasure to be with you. I've been having a blast this morning. It's probably the Turbo Force Plus. But what do I know? I want to start off this segment by playing a clip that kind of goes along with the motif of the conversation that we've been having this hour. We talked about what needs to be done in order to actually affect change with a caller a couple of segments ago. I showed a clip from my podcast with Steve Bannon where he talked about how we're building an army of the awakened. And now I want to show you another clip of when I was actually a guest with Harrison on this show. I'd like to play clip eight on the army of the awakened now. Steve Bannon often uses the expression, we're building an army of the awakened. If we want to make political change, you have to consider yourself a soldier in the army of the awakened, and you just have to figure out how to make content that goes viral and just push it, push it, push it constantly. Pull clips of Alex Jones, find one minute that's just gold, 30 seconds that's gold, cut it the right, crop it the right way, make the sound the right way, put the right music to it, pump it, find the right hashtags. There are apps for this, there are tools for this, and if we have an army of the awakened, then they won't be able to cancel us because it's decentralized. 
All right, we're going to be taking some more calls. Make sure you fire up your phone and dial 877-789-2539. And while you're calling in, we're going to take a call from Andrew in New York. Andrew, what's on your mind today, man? So um, some things with Elon, I want him to continue. Some things I definitely want to stop. Mm -hmm. Um, I like the SpaceX and all that stuff. I think that Q always said like he liked Elon because he's working with uh, Space Force. Um, the major thing that's happening now is that Twitter, Twitter's become Internet X. It's, it's changed from Twitter to Internet X, but it's just called that for now. So it's going to function as, twi- as Twitter. But what Internet X is is it's similar to uh, the WeChat in China, which is run by a major company called Tencent, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's the everything app. And what that is is. It's a major like surveillance tool. They put everything on the app, literally put CBDCs, all that type of thing. Uh, like China's a major like surveillance state. Like people have to use like facial recognition, like just to like buy things and all that. So I would definitely say uh, not get to not get Twitter to be everything. Way too centralized. Definitely a surveillance tool. So yeah. I, like there's there's certain things I guess like I would say like since the system is so like for so long it's been like such like a globalist system I guess uh kind of blends in you kind of have to I guess like at least seem to be working with those types of technologies but yeah I'm kind of almost like fifty fifty on Elon but yeah definitely everything app is definitely like a major definitely a major problem that shouldn't happen. Yeah, like they should be getting rid. I heard they. I think they are going to be getting rid of the the central bank. They're going to get rid of the Fed and all that stuff. Yeah, definitely CBDC is not <laughs> not good. Everything's app is definitely a no. Also, I think Twitter. I think Twitter, like it's been mixed. Also, like I think he's been doing a good job with getting like the Twitter files out, especially in the beginning. Yeah. Um. There's still a lot of like FBI, CIA, and NSA type type people that are in the algorithms of Twitter. That's kind of messed up still. Perkins Coie at least was with with Twitter. I don't know if they still are. So yeah, there's definitely still there's definitely still major problems at Twitter. But yeah, I'm with so, you on that. But I, I think he's been a net positive though, and I appreciate your call. Uh, it's been a pleasure to speak with you, and your your thoughts are are are, are solid. I think on on Elon Musk and, and Twitter, you know, regarding the surveillance aspect of Twitter, I have sort of a unique perspective because I run a small social media advertising business. So I run ads on Facebook and Instagram. If you've ever felt like your phone is listening to you because of an ad you've seen, I may have made that ad. I've made lots and lots of ads targeting people based on their interests and behaviors. And you can look at the studies. If you actually just do a Google search, Facebook knows more about you than your friends and family. They've done surveys where Facebook says what they think of a person. They answer questions regarding a person. And then they ask their friends and family the same questions to see if they know the answer. And Facebook knows more often than friends and family. Facebook knows when you are using the bathroom based on your use cases. Facebook knows what websites you visit, when you visit them, because their Pixel is installed on the vast majority of websites. So as far as surveillance is concerned, it's too late for privacy. 
we're never going to get that back. It's sort of like the old, I think it was a Benjamin Franklin quote where he says, a small leak can sink a great ship. I know people who spend hours a day trying to figure out how to maintain as much privacy and anonymity as possible. They use pseudonyms on social media. They use VPNs. They use software. They use certain browsers. They use any tool you can imagine to make sure that their camera isn't recording them, to make sure their phone isn't recording them. But if you forget one thing, then it's all moot, right? Oh, you know, my my phone's secure, my computer's secure, but I forgot the remote control that I use to operate my TV has a microphone in it for the voice activation feature. And so all these security measures that you do are now thrown out because your, your, your TV has been listening to you through the remote, right? So the point that I'm trying to make is yes, it's possible. I'm sure that Twitter is, is, is being spied on by the intelligence community and is a surveillance tool, but I think we need to st- stop focusing so much on, on privacy because that's just lost ground. We're never going to have our privacy back again, but that doesn't mean that we have to lose our freedom. And so that's sort of where, I, where my mind's at with that particular issue. Next up, I want to hear of hear from Mel in Arizona. Mel, how are you? I'm great, Chip. How are you? Good. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. You know, no one that's in the world right. has said it more than me. I absolutely agree. I sat with you for four hours listening to that. It was awesome. (laughs) Anyway, I am talking about how NPR left Twitter, which is kind of, you know, I see both sides of it, you know. Um, It's kind of a move like, you know, when things get hot, people leave and it tells you a lot about them. But then I also disagree with Elon. He's just making Twitter into his own, like, ridiculous, goofy little place by putting a moniker on their account. I mean, what are they supposed to do? I think it's pretty legitimate that they left mm. because he goes into their account, puts that moniker on it. So Yeah, well, I think there's, there's two ways that he could have gone with that, right? He could have either removed the state-affiliated jargon from all of the state-affiliated websites. So like RT, for example, says Russian right. state-affiliated media. Or he could apply it equally, right? Because it's it's... Hard to say that NPR isn't influenced by the federal government when it's funded by the federal government. So I, I just kind of wish that Twitter wouldn't even have done it to begin with, but I'd rather have him do it all the way than halfway or none of the way at all. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I agreed with that. And now they can kind of turn it into this victim kind of uh, boycott thing, like, look what they did to us, and, you right. know, we had to leave because of that. And that kind of brings me but, over But everybody's to listening to InfoWars. Nobody's listening to NPR, so they can say whatever they want. It's like shouting into a cavern. That is very true. That is very true. And people listen to Joe Rogan, and I'll just bring up how Joe Rogan basically is trying to, I don't know, you know, is he with the info war or not? Because he basically said this morning, drank a Bud Light and said that he thought it was goofy and crazy that people are boycotting Bud Light. Yeah, I mean... Joe's, Joe's, Joe's a funny guy because he says like the silliest things ever. He's sort of anti-state and regulation, but then he's like, but I'm going to endorse Bernie Sanders. <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah, man, he's a hell of a guy, but not, not necessarily consistent, right? Yeah. We're in an info war. And with all the information that's coming, I mean, it's story after story. And someone said info wars is like Fox News, but mm. it is. It's like we're ADD. And finally, there's an issue 
that millions of people are rallying around. We're seeing the effect of it. It's giving power to people to speak back about one small issue. And then people, you know, are just trying to destroy that. And so I mm-hmm. think, you know, it tells you a lot. So that's my comment on that. Well, thank you so much, Mel, for your call. I really do appreciate it. And we are going to be taking awesome. more calls into the third hour. Make sure you call in 877-789-2539. Shout out to the Getter chat. I love the Getter fam over there. The Info Warriors are absolutely outstanding there. I want to hear from some of those guys too. But let me know what you think about Elon Musk, Twitter, artificial intelligence, all the things that we've been going over this morning. And how you think that this is going to play out. I'm very, very curious to hear your thoughts on that. Make sure you visit InfoWarsStore.com. Support the InfoWar effort. Get something for yourself. Get something for your family and friends. Get something for Mother's Day. I'm going to be drinking some Turbo Force Plus during this break. The next segment, Lightning. Stick with us, folks. You want to beat the New World Order? You want to stop their globalist agenda? Well, so do I. And I've been the most effective individual in the fight against the globalist. And I've got their number, and I know how to bring them down. But ladies and gentlemen, I can't do it without your support. And the good news is, we're only under about $200,000 a month. The bad news is, the enemy is intensifying their attacks on every front, but I'm not going to back down. And I'll never give up, but I could give out. So please keep me on the field. Keep me on the front lines against the enemy while getting great products at the same time that will empower you and your family. InfoWarsStore.com for the best supplements and more, or just make a straight donation, big red banner at the top of InfoWarsStore.com, and that way all the money goes towards the fight, not part of it going towards product cost. But I thank you all for your support. Please commit now to go to InfoWarsStore.com and get great products and make donations. I thank you for your support. Now take action. The globalists are counting on you not taking action. 